Kia ora, I'm Jean Bell and today on The Detail... We all know our healthcare workforce is in dire straits. It's becoming an all too familiar story, a tsunami of patients at packed emergency clinics waiting hours to get help from slammed medical staff. Already overworked and underpaid before the pandemic, burnout is rife and resignations flooding in. A special task force will be launched in response to the pressure the COVID pandemic has put on hospitals. The number of people waiting longer than get this four months for their first specialist appointment have doubled since the pandemic. The number of people waiting longer than four months for treatment has more than trebled. A nurse at Wellington Hospital is describing the pressure of work as relentless and desperate. Well, this comes as the hospital defers most non-urgent care and planned surgeries. And the DHB pays for GP appointments to divert people from its busy emergency department. Among those under extreme pressure, GPs. The medical workforce, the, the primary care, that's GPs in New Zealand, are an ageing workforce. And um, there's no young doctors want to go into it because, unfortunately, they come through with great big debts and uh, they need to buy a house and uh, pay off their student loans. And the money that the government pays or expects GPs to work for just doesn't work. Many areas across New Zealand, the ratio of GP to patients has just blown out. I, I get calls from, from, from GPs uh, up north, down south, one GP to 3,000 patients. That, that just is not sustainable. And the reason that is happening is there's no replacements coming in to actually bulk up the workforce. This week, Health Minister Andrew Little announced some help was on the way. Working with the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners to boost GP training numbers to 300 a year. Currently, we have just under 200 um, uh, people training to be GPs. But we also need innovative solutions. We look around now, we know that primary care isn't working and it hasn't worked for many years. There have been plenty of plans, but the, the crux of the crisis isn't just so much that COVID's arrived and the flu's arrived, it's the chronic um, issue of staffing. And the chronic issue of staffing's now become very acute to the point that it really is um, a major problem keeping the department open and functioning normally. Also in Andrew Little's announcement was an increase in training numbers for nurse practitioners. They're specialist nurses who can do nearly as much as GPs, and they may form part of the solution. Nurse practitioners are um, highly skilled and experienced clinicians. So even before you become a nurse practitioner, you have to have at least four years of clinical experience. You have to then complete a clinical master's degree. So these guys know what they're doing. They can uh, diagnose your needs, they can order tests, they can prescribe your medicines, they can treat you. If you've been nursing for a long time in a general practice and you do your nurse practitioner training, then you may have as many skills as someone who has just become a fellow of the college. But the but, they're not doctors. So is the second best health or a great way to plug the gap when it comes to a shortage of GPs. We are not the solution, we are part of a solution, and I think that we need to kind of remember that. So today, I'm off to visit the nurse. I'm out in Glen Innes on West Tamaki Road. It's a busy little shopping centre, a classic dairy, you've got a bakery, nice cafe, pharmacy... And tucked just around the corner as well is a nurse practitioner's clinic. 
It's a growing area. You can see the timber skeletons of a number of homes being constructed down the road. And there's an estimated 7,000 more set to be built in the coming years. The clinic, called Family Health Matters, is owned and operated by Mikau Noonan. I had looked at different areas around Auckland, and in fact my husband found the site for me. It was, uh, and it's well known in the, um, in the neighbourhood, um, it had been a lawnmower repair store uh, for about 25 years, so most people know if I say I'm in the old lawnmower repair store, they know where they are, so rather than repairing lawn lawnmowers, we're now hopefully repairing people. Kind of going into Glen Innes, there's another practice, a well-established um, practice that has been around forever. And then in Glen Innes there is another practice. But they are getting busier um, and sometimes, in fact, they don't have um, availability for new patients. So it was about finding some place where we could, where it had the potential to grow. Cool. Shall we head indoors? That'd be great. Mikau opened the clinic at what could be the worst time to start any business, the start of 2020. Two and a half years and a pandemic later, the clinic has about 600 patients on the books. That's less than half of the 1,300 or so it could have. Is that because there's no GP on site? I think for some people, yes, that may be an issue. Um, I mean, I definitely have had some people who have come in and you know we've explained the practice and they want to see a GP, and that's completely fine. Mikal has been a nurse for 30-something years. She's worked around the world from the hustle and bustle of New York City to Vietnam. She got her nurse practitioner qualification in 2009, To get there, you have to be a registered nurse with four years of experience on the job. You also need a master's degree with 300 hours of clinical learning. To top it off, you need to pass a vigorous test in front of a panel. Mikal is a bit of a pioneer, being among the first to be trained in New Zealand. There's now over 650 nurse practitioners in New Zealand and I believe I was number 80. So I was one of the earlier ones. It's been a great role, and I've loved and I love it. But it's been hard work. They always kind of said that you know you were a trailblazer, and it would be difficult. And it has been quite difficult. And at times, it is kind of exasperating. You're having to prove yourself all of the time, and sometimes you just think, "Come on." We look around now. We know that primary care isn't working, and it hasn't worked for many years. I think just the spotlight of um, COVID has kind of just much more illuminated the issues that we've got. Recently, there's been lots of media attention about nurse practitioners. Nine nursing schools joined forces in May. They came up with a program to create practitioning nurses. They uh, needed to have a bit more funding. They reckoned if they got that, they could train up twice as many nurse practitioners from next year. At the moment, over 50% of our nurse practitioners are working in primary healthcare or community settings. So you're more likely to see them. Um, you might see one instead of seeing your general practitioner. You might see one in aged and residential care, which is a, a, we're seeing some fantastic outcomes for our older uh, people who are seeing nurse practitioners in the community. Uh, you might well also see them in hospitals. So some of them have very specialised areas. So we have neonatal nurse practitioners as well. But what we will see over time is a real shift to community focus. So we will see nurse practitioners in the community. And chances are when you make an appointment down at your uh, general practice, you may well be making an appointment to see a nurse practitioner rather than a general practitioner.
In the news, we've been hearing about how nursing colleges have been calling for more funding for training more nurse practitioners. What do you make of that? I think it's a great idea. Um, nurse practitioners, you know, just by their very training, are, you know, if you look at, we've got a, a group of nurses who actually have done their masters but haven't got to that next stage of becoming nurse practitioners. So there is a group of of people out there that probably are, are ready to kind of go to a point. So I think it makes more sense. Um, and if you tradition, if you look at the history of nurse practitioners, they were set up um, originally in the States in the 70s to serve rural underserved area or rural underserved areas um, with high needs, which is often what nurse practitioners currently in New Zealand have been doing. And if we look at primary care, many of uh, rural primary care, many of our nurse practitioners live in those communities. So in fact, they're really perfectly placed. They're invested in their community. They want outcomes and good outcomes for their uh, for their communities. So it makes sense, I think, to be putting more money into training nurse practitioners because we can't do what we've what we have done in the past, which is rely on overseas. Um, health professionals coming in, that is part of our solution, but it's not the only solution. And the advantage of training our own New Zealand nurse practitioners is that we do stay. There seems to be some sentiment out there that a nurse practitioner is just not as good as a GP. What would you say to that? We're not comparing apples with apples. We're not the same. I, I very definitely am not a GP. I haven't gone to medical school. I've done nurse nursing. I've done a master's. I've worked for years in my area um, and I have learnt on the job. So in some ways there are some similarities, but it's very different. So we've nursing is much more of a psychosocial model and the nurse practitioner has added in some of the medical model into it. So I kind of see it as a triangle. So the patient's at the top of the triangle. If you see the medical fraternity is on the, the right-hand side of that triangle and we're on the left, we've done come different paths, but at the top is the patient. You know, most patients, if they feel that they've been, or they've obviously been seen kind of at a time that suits them in a timely way, so they haven't had to wait, you know, weeks to be seen, and they've got what they've, what they believe um, they've needed um, and also maybe got some education along the way, they're happy. So what's a GP's take on this? Here's Dr Samantha Merton, the President of the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners. General practitioners, when you're under the pump working all the time and someone's saying that your job could be done by someone else, when you know what your job is and you know that you're, what your training is, it feels like, oh, um, can it be done? But I think there's lots of things that um, could be done by someone who hasn't got as much training as we have, um, and that's fine. It's the same with nurses and allied health professionals or care work, um, healthcare workers or social workers. I, um, all of those people have a role to play, and I think we just need to recognise that everyone has a role to play, and no one's replacing anyone else. What's happening is that we are just increasing the volume of workers so that we can do the increasing volume of work. Gotcha. So are nurse practitioners in any way going to be able to plug the GP shortage? With nurse practitioner training, many of them are under supervision of GPs when they're training. Um, and then a lot of um, 
nurse practitioners, many of the nurse practitioners work alongside GPs. So a lot of them are working in practices in various different areas around the country, but they're working alongside GPs. I don't think there would be many nurse practitioners who say that they do exactly what a GP does. Our knowledge of medical conditions is a lot broader. Um, our depth of knowledge in each of those medical t- conditions is a lot deeper. And we also deal a lot with complex medical dis- conditions in one person. So people who have diabetes, heart disease, um, you know, skin conditions, all, all wrapped up into one thing. Um, when, you're, when you're prescribing for that complexity, it's something that you need that breadth and depth for. Um, nurse practitioners, some of them do own practices, especially rurally, where um, we have got really desperate for numbers. And there are some nurse practitioners who are working um, independently in that way, but they often and mostly will have a doctor who comes in and works alongside them um, in that area that they're in to do that complexity and that high-end stuff that, um, as a medical professional, we've been trained to do. So what's the ideal situation when it comes to addressing our healthcare workforce uh, issues? I think in our community we need every range of healthcare delivery that we can possibly have because this health reform is about making sure that um, care in the community is increased and primary care is paramount. And so that means that there is a volume of healthcare need that will be increasing in the community and that needs a volume of people to be doing that. That volume of people need to be a variety. So absolutely general practitioners are required, absolutely nurse practitioners are um, required, nurses are required, allied health professionals are required. There's everyone needs to be working together in the community making this work. There are lots of um, different skill sets that people have and if you've been nursing for a long time in a general practice and you do your nurse practitioner training then you may have as many skills as someone who has just become a fellow of the college but the thing about that is it's about recognising what skills you have and keeping to those skills so that you keep yourself as a health professional safe and all of us using our teams that we work within so um, making sure that um, as a GP I'm working with my nurse practitioner to make sure that the work that she, he or she can do is the right work and also that they're working with me making sure that if it's something that they need to pass on that that's passed on as well. So I think we all, um, the community like patients in, the, in New Zealand need to recognise that there are a mixture of health professionals that will be in the community, that mixture has different roles in our essential and that um, if you are referred to one or being looked after by one but they want to refer you to another, that's totally fine as well. The medical director of the college, Dr Brian Betty, told a staff investigation into the state of primary care that doctors now are extremely stretched. We are fully booked. There's no spare appointments. Uh, We have phone calls coming in, interruptions, urgent patients coming in and there's this constant pressure. The other thing that's really sort of becoming really hard is a lot of our routine work is getting pushed to the back burner so we're putting it off and that's building behind the scenes. So there's just a a continual sense of pressure and no relief and um, that's from all the GPs and the nursing staff at the moment. So it's it's a pretty tough situation I've got to say. 
what can this clinic do that a GP clinic can't? Or what can a GP clinic do that a nurse practitioner clinic um, isn't able to provide? Recently, the big thing that we couldn't do is um, ordering ultrasounds for pregnancy, which we can now do, or referring women in for terminations. Um, that now, that is fine. That's That's been... Um, approved so we now can do that probably the biggest thing that a GP clinic can do is they could, that I can't do is they can claim to see a, a woman in her first trimester of pregnancy and I, I can see her but I don't get any f- extra funding for it that's the main thing I mean there's always going to be some clinics that will do other things that you that you know we don't do um, but there's every clinic is slightly different so for the Average person who enrols here, um, we can do everything that they probably are currently getting at their own practice. During the last decade or so, the Minister of Health has allowed nurse practitioners to do more and more. For example, they can now legally hand out sickness or death certificates, just like a doctor. The rules on standing orders, a kind of mechanism that allows the supply and administration of medicines, have also been eased so that nurse practitioners can write prescriptions. That doesn't mean, however, that they fly completely solo. Mikau isn't afraid to pick up the phone and call a GP to ask for a second opinion. Another nurse practitioner in South Island told me um, when I was starting up that I needed a list of favourites um, and my list of favorites, so your list of favorites is um, other colleagues, um, whether that's um, nurse practitioner colleagues, nursing colleagues, GP colleagues, or consultants, to have a list of them that if you really had a, if you have a problem or a query, you're able to go to them and say, you know, can I, can I ask you questions? So, what role does Mikal think nurse practitioners play in easing the pressure on the healthcare sector? This isn't a them and us, GPs and nurse practitioners, and we need to redirect the conversation around what is best for the patient. There's no quick fix here. However, the biggest issue we need to address actually in the health system at this point is workforce. We need more people on the ground. We need more trained GPs. We need more trained nurses. We need more trained allied health. Because if we don't do this, this problem we're seeing this winter is going to be actually repetitive and keep going. Um, So fundamentally, that's what we need to see. That's it for today. I'm Jean Bell. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Alexia Russell. Our associate producer is Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Mikael Noonan and Dr Samantha Merton. Mā te wā.